you're not first, you're last. So we have episode number 46 today. Biggest episode we're doing yet, and we're going to get into that in a little bit. So episode 46, like I said, big ass episode, recording early because it's that important and you have to make time to do important things. But first, we're going to get into this date in history, July 22nd. History has its eyes on so July 22nd in 2003, members of the United States Congress released the findings of the 9-11 Commission Report. This comprehensive report, officially named Final Report of the National Commission on Terrorist Attacks upon the United States, real fucking tongue twister, examine the circumstances surrounding the September 11th, 2001 terrorist attacks on the United States. The 9-11 Commission, an independent bipartisan commission created by Congress, provided a full and complete account of the circumstances surrounding the attacks. The report included details about the planning and execution of the attacks and looked at ways to prevent such events in the future. It was an instrumental document in understanding the events leading up to the tragic attacks and has significantly influenced U.S. policy on terrorism and homeland security. This was a major event in U.S. history, not only because it marked the culmination of the investigation into the devastating attacks, but also because it led to a significant re-evaluation and restructuring of the U.S. intelligence community and its practices. July 22nd. 2003. All right. So like I said in the intro, big episode because we have our first guest ever on the podcast. I know people have filled it out as a joke and then I have people fill it out and then they're just like, oh, no, never mind. Or I don't know what we're going to talk about. And they kind of back out. But we secured our first guest. He's a listener, subscriber. He gives me feedback <laughs> and topics and all this shit. Um, he's an old friend. We met in the military. He's become one of my closest friends. Uh, we talk on the phone. We've since PCS'd away from each other a few years ago, but we stay in touch even though we live on opposite sides of the coast. If you met us one by one, you would think we would never get along, but turns out we actually get along <laughs> really well and, and uh, we have a lot of fun together. So with that being said, I guess I can introduce, introduce him. His name's Tyler. I'm not going to drop his last yeah, name unless he's on. comfortable with that, but... His name's Tyler. We met back in 2017 or so in tech school. 2017. Yeah, he joins us right now. So go ahead and give a little introduction. Talk about yourself a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. It's so funny. You asked me right off the cuff what a movie quote was. And the first thing that came to mind was, you ain't first, you're last. It's just so um, relevant with the fact that (laughs) I'm the first um, person on your podcast it's hilarious they say you save the best for last i don't know if i should take that uh, to heart whenever i think about you asking me to be on your podcast first, i mean you never but... know you could be the last person <laughs> you could be the first <laughs> and last if, the, if this goes if it goes well or goes bad you might be the first or and last at the same time so yeah we're gonna yeah. have to uh con- contact discord because if it other people have as much trouble as we did getting on here we're gonna have to you know some folks over there so yeah like he like he said i'm uh tommy we were we were a dangerous duo from the time we we stepped into uh the keesler weather tech school class together that's where we we started out and we quickly at the the nickname the mantra donnie and tommy if you will and like donnie was saying um we've just been great friends ever since i think that uh you know his personality type and my personality type in like he said any other situation would probably not even give each other the other the time of day 
Um, but we did, almost were forced to, and it ended up being super awesome. He's definitely been a great big influence on my life. Um, we've shared some things. Obviously, the, the whole country music thing didn't really wear off on him uh, <laughs> yet. Nope. <laughs> there's, there's hope. But yeah, I love listening to his show. I provide him some like uh, thoughts, and he goes through all of the trouble, and it, I don't go through. I'm lazy. I don't want to do a podcast, so I'm like, hey, uh, you should do this. You should you should think of this. You should you should look at, at it like this, and always obliges. And um, yeah. So side note too uh, for all of you football fans out there, me and Donnie, Donnie and Tommy, we were deadly on a flag football field at one point. It was like in Brady time. and Gronk I mean, out there. And that's not was, that's not a, that's not like I'm making that up. Like there was a point there where like other teams didn't <laughs> know what to what they were doing to try to stop it. Like they were like, wait a minute, we have to use our best defender on the biggest guy on the field. How is this a thing? And yeah, it was dangerous. And then they had to adapt a little bit and you know, we just opened the field up by pretty much just controlling the middle of the field by just me going down the middle, turning around, you throwing a bullet right at me and there's nothing really you can do at that point. Because it was like a just seven game them. stretch there where it was like, This is actually uh this is actually going to work for a while. <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, just to paint the picture for everybody listening, it was a situation where we came into the squadron together and apparently the squadron that we were in was, they were already established flag football champions had like the greatest team. And they were like, Oh yeah, y'all can try out. And we both just kind of looked at each other like, no, we're, we're going to be, this is going to be our team. And went up to the, the first game and it very quickly was established and solidified that we were going to be the starting two. And in flag football, you have a someone has to snap the ball. So there was people outside, and Donnie, being as large as he is, basically playing tight end, he would snap me the ball and then run out for a pass. Um, and I'm not even kidding you. I would just not even have to say anything. He would look at the defense, and I would be like, surely he's going to run left <laughs> on this, run a little five-yard out left, and sure as shit, five-yard out left, dip it to him, 15 yards. Same thing. Oh, oh, they're they're playing that going right. Same thing. Fifteen yards. Then once we started practicing, we went to the field one time and practiced, and we'd have like this little signals that we would do amongst each other. Donnie would be running like corners, posts, and we were just tearing people up. Like the first game, I think Donnie had six touchdowns. Yeah, they, they, and that was the team that was like the competitive team from the year before that like gave us trouble. And we did, I would, this is our first year. This is our first game playing on the team. So like we had no idea what they were talking about. We're like, this is the team that gave you guys trouble. And then it was legit. Like the first snap I went out and I, I think I caught like, it was like a, I think it was like, it was like a 10 or 15 yard catch. And then like you said, yeah, like it was from, just like, all right, now they moved people over there and let's go this way. And you didn't have to say it. I just was like, all right, well that side of the field's open now. I did that. We had like two touchdowns, two or three touchdowns on each on the first offensive drives in the first half and everyone else on the team was like have you guys done this before and was like no man like <laughs> i'm like uh, we, yeah, so this is our first game playing together and like it seems like you guys have done this plenty of times before i'm like nah we just we went to tech school together but that was it like there's nothing we weren't doing anything different it's just simple like there's an open space i'm gonna go run to that space and you're gonna throw me the ball and nothing unorthodox at all yeah, it was keep it simple, simple. Yeah, it was like six touchdowns, and then the next week, everyone was like, all the other teams were like, yo, that's that's those two you have to worry about. Like, You have to watch them, and everyone underestimated it. They're like, there's no way this kid's catching six passes, and then they would start putting like the safety 
and a fucking linebacker covering me because if I went short, the kid covering me was too slow. If I went deep, the kid was too small. So they had to double cover me and then that would open up the field for everybody else. And it's like, how come no one else thought of this? Like, it just didn't make sense. We didn't even understand what, why it worked for as long as it did. And then we cooked the, uh, the, uh, when they did the, um, leadership versus the airmen thing they did like the ncos versus the junior enlisted and we fucking smoked them and they were all they were all worked up about it and it's like yo i don't know what i don't know what you thought was going to happen first of all i'm what how much how much older am i than you like eight years like something like that you wouldn't even think that that's you would think like oh this guy being eight years older and a foot taller than he is is not going to move the way he does <laughs> and then all of a sudden i'm flying down the field and you're throwing a fucking dart right into my chest in the in in stride and then they're like oh wait that just happened that would that's that's how we're going to lose this game by these two and then we're just laughing about it like it's not even like we're Look like the little giants out there man yeah and it's like, yeah, desperate. It's, they started putting Alka-Seltzer in their mouths, trying to intimidate us. Just, yeah, I mean, it wasn't working. And then we I hated Mosley being the quarterback, and, too, for most of the time, because people would come up. You know how it is. Oh, I'm open. I'm open. Give me the ball. I'm open this play. I'm open. It's like, yeah, yeah. Just just hush. I'm going to I'm gonna dip it to my big man here. We're going to get 15 yards. We're going to win the game. Just, just shut up. Because when you do throw it to them, they drop it, or they're like, you threw it too hard. That's the worst thing. That's the weirdest thing I've ever heard about and it's i think it's mostly an air force thing these people that like they never played a sport and then you you do something and they're like that was too difficult or that was too hard or it's like yo Mm -hmm. are you are you playing a like what do you mean like explain that to me what do you mean it was too hard you know like i threw the ball too hard to you and you didn't catch it and they're like well i can't run and catch at the same time it's like bro you're a grown man you know what i mean like you're (laughs) you're a grown man you should have a skill by now this is a skill you should probably have at least be able to catch a ball and not complain that it's thrown too hard at you there's a say an unnamed individual that i mean probably one of the smartest guys in his own right i've ever met um extremely passionate about certain things that he's passionate about but he came out and you know camaraderie we wanted to him play on the team and i'm not kidding you he would donnie can testify to this he was trying to calculate and quantify like scientifically and mathematically what we were doing and it was just like either have it or you don't I think that's in a lot of things, and a lot of things in the Air Force especially, but I think that it was illustrated significantly on our time playing seven-on-seven and just destroying folks, where that common sense piece, I don't even know. There's probably a better way to describe it. It's just the innate ability to understand what's around you, react, and then not only do what's right, but... um, what, what's it called? The word, I'm, I'm failing on a word that, uh, accomplish it, you know, execute. like succeed, execute. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Just do it. Like, it's not like we practiced no, in football. I mean, we just was, went over there. There was one play and I always remember it because we got called for holding or some shit and it got overturned, but we were losing, like we were down by like a touchdown or something. And we were on like, cause you know, you remember the first down was at at midfield. You only get one first down, and it was at midfield. So I remember we were like, it wasn't ten side. yards. It was, it like was fourth huge. down. We needed like fifteen yards. And I said to you, I'm going to run sixteen yards, and then I'm going to cut to the sideline and throw it to me. And yep. I was like, I don't, I don't know who's going to be there. If there's going to be a defender there or not, I know you're going to throw it where I can get it, and I'm going to rip that ball down. Sure enough, yeah. I run up and then execute like you just said, like 
you, I said, here's exactly what I'm going to do. I'm going to go do it and just get it done. I wasn't worried about how fast am I going to run to do it. I didn't worry about anything else other than I'm going to go do this and get this yardage. I caught it, went up the field, and then they're like, oh, there was holding. We have to come back and do it again. And then we turned it over or some shit. But I remember yeah. that one play and it was that because we had a bunch of like smart, super smart people that overthought the entire game. And then we had like the crowd that was just give me the ball and I'm the best ever. We can get into that if you want to. But tell, t- tell, him, tell, him, tell him the story of the stolen snap oh that thing was horse shit so we had this kid in our team and i call him a kid because he's fucking like five five feet tall and he was probably the best athlete at his school when growing up he was fast small uh arrogant as all hell and you could tell like if he was taller any even if he wasn't like the tallest or biggest if he was just like maybe two or three inches taller he would have probably went to like d3 but he was like five two like he was a tiny little guy. napoleon yeah, and he had this little Napoleon. He had a Napoleon complex. Yeah, so, and uh, just little guy needed to prove himself really badly. Yeah, so he was the quarterback that would just get the ball and then run. That was his thing. He could throw it maybe ten yards with some force, and then after that, it was just fluttering. So he never threw it. He would just get the ball, wait for the defense to run in, and then he would take off. And it's like, yeah, that works, but not really. It's not sustainable. At least it's good once in a while. So the one play mm-hmm. he's getting, he's first of all he's getting frustrated that Tyler's throwing it to me every time, and it's he was not on that the winning team. And I'm not open. He's throwing it to me and I'm open. Like we're we're winning the game because of this. Then he's like, oh, I'll play quarterback and let me do this. Let me do that. And it's like, all right. And just to make sure I have this right, you called, you were in, you get the snap. Like I was going to snap it to you. He cut across you, right? And took the snap. He told me that he was going to run a, an out route. And I looked at him and I saw deceit in his eyes. Like I knew he was about to do something foolish. And granted, the stakes weren't really high. We were playing seven on seven. It was just a matter of the fact that We had come in and really rubbed this guy the wrong way because he was on the team that had won the seven on seven, you know, football league two years in a row. And he was the quarterback. I mean, literally the day that we showed up to the squadron was, you know, tossing around between his hands a football and told us that we could try out for the team. And so ended up we we came in and just stole his thunder. And yeah, instead of him running an out route, as soon as I said, ready, go. And Donnie snapped me the ball. He, like a child, jumped in front of me and took the ball and tried to run, and his flag got ripped out like before he even made it to the, the line of scrimmage. It was just it was just that, a, it was that a level of... Because he also outranked us at the time, too. So, like, we were still new yeah. like, We didn't understand, like, you can't tell someone to go fuck themselves, but, like, that would have been a situation... <laughs> I would have told if that happened in if that happened now, being at the rank I oh, now, yeah. I would have fucking I would have strangled him. I would have fucking took him outside and just beat the hell out of him for that. Like because he didn't tell anybody well, he, was do it. To he it. lied about it and he just wanted the ball. That was it. He didn't care if we won or lost, he just wanted the ball. And he was upset yeah. he wasn't getting it. And then he pulled that stunt and we were just like, Oh man, come on. And then he was like, he's like, Well man, I would have got it. And it's like, well, you didn't. Like if you would have gotten it, you would have gotten it. You know, like that and if, he never explained what he military to do. Yeah. That that same that same behavior in different areas is all over the military. That whole like uh, I don't know. It's it's not childish. It's just where someone wants to be the best, and when someone is better than them, instead of just giving credit where credit is due. And I've done it. I have the ability to say there are people who are way better at tons of things, way more important than seven on seven. I'm certainly not going to go in there and like steal their keyboard from them and like try to do their job better than they are like you you for me at least what i i mean i either i learn from them and and i'm not like the most outgoing or like 
willing participant in doing that. Like, I'm going to sit next to you and learn from you, but like, I'm going to pick up on shit that they do because I want to be better at whatever I'm doing as well. And I'm a team player. So like, I'm not going to just be like, no, I want the ball. Give me the ball no matter what. I'm going to be like, all right, well, you're better than clearly better than me at something. I'm going to let you do it. And I'm going to try to be like that, but I'm not going to hinder the entire operation because you don't know what you're doing. Like you want something more than it's just selfishness really is all it is. Like, yeah. It's crazy, though, because, you know, in essence, long story short, we just kicked ass at seven on seven. And that's really all that all that really matters. Yeah. So it's awesome. I like one of the highlights of my life is is that is that time period where where we just were the best at that. It was it was so much fun. I loved it. Yeah, it was something to look forward to. We'd come in the next day at work and be like, "Yeah, we fucking crushed it last night." You know, like it would, you know, everyone's high fiving you. Everyone's happy that you're doing it. And you're like, "Yeah, that's fucking. That's how it's. That, you yeah. know, it's like, that's how it's done." And then, yeah, I mean, you have to eventually stop playing seven on seven and grow up, I guess. But they want to have play. Played. Uh, I played. I played um, softball here like two weeks ago for my squadron. And uh, it's, I mean, being in cyber career field, these dudes are all indoor. There's about, I'd say five athletes. Everyone else is an indoor person, like sit at home. They play video games. Nothing wrong with that. Like I do the same shit. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm doing the same yeah. thing. I'm recording a podcast for two hours. You know what I mean? Like I'm still sitting in front of my computer, but at least I work out and stuff. And I have, if I want to play a sport, I can the people I work with now have no intention of being anything athletic. So when I played on the softball team, I get there and, you know, I got the bat, the ball, I'm ready to go. And the first first pitch they throw to me, I fucking crush the thing. My whole team was like, holy shit, I've never seen a ball hit that hard. I'm like, what do you mean? You guys don't play softball? Like, I thought you guys were good. And they're like, uh, we're all right. There was a, there was, whenever they said they were all right, I should have been like, yo, this is, that's a lie. Because they went up there, These first of all, they're striking out in slow pitch softball. They're just not hitting the ball. And then when they do... They just continuously run. They're like Forrest Gump. They just start running and they just run around the internet. Yeah. I'm like, do you not know what baseball is though? And they're like, oh no, no one's ever taught me the sport. I just, I'm, I just volunteered to play. I'm like, all right, we have to go over fundamentals. And then do you guys want to practice? No. And it's like, all right, well, we're not going to get better unless we practice. So you use like the game time, you use like the games to try to teach them fundamentals, you know, like what to do at certain, certain spots. And there's a few other like athletes on the team that know what they're doing, but like few and far between out of 10 people on the field, like three of us know what we're doing. And one of them pitches because he's got a bum ankle. So it's like, all right, well, you can't really teach the game the way we're doing it now. And you guys have no ambition to learn how to play. So I'm not going to show up anymore if that like, yeah. <laughs> like this is a waste of my time. You know, like it's I had, I to, be a dick, had to stop. Too. But there's no you guys aren't trying to get better at all. If you guys were like, hey, we should practice during PT and, you know, anything. We could just throw the ball back and forth. But that's what I was saying. I think I told you. I think I texted you. I threw the ball to first from short. And the kid <laughs> yeah. ducked out of the way. I was like, you ducked. What the fuck was that? And he's like, you threw it too hard. I'm like, you have a glove. You know what I mean? Like, exactly. <laughs> that's, that's exactly basically the reason why I had to stop. And I, I did it out here one time where there was like pickup basketball. And I think the reason, not saying I'm in the right at all, because that's probably an area I could reevaluate, but I don't have the sympathy that's needed to uh, be able to play sports like that. Especially, I think, in the Air Force, because the level of competition, one, is like so bad. And like you said, I don't want to go out there. There was there was a situation where on Fridays, it was a great time. On Fridays, we would go play Ultimate Frisbee. And I don't care what game we're playing. We could play 
hula hoops. But if it's competitive, I'm going to get all into it and, and you know, yeah. I want to win. I'm going to try well, way we too would, hard at that kind of stuff. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I, I just, I have no off button. I don't know if it's just the internal competitiveness that was driven into me, my spirit as a kid. Like, oh, you're going to go out there and you're going to win. Well, we would play ultimate frisbee and you know how it is. There would be like girls that don't really want to be there. They're happy that you're playing ultimate frisbee because that means they can just walk around and I have to participate. And, you know, they're throwing a frisbee in itself could be a little bit of a weird athletic motion, one could argue, certainly. I don't play, and then the part that's really the most frustrating is like when the senior leadership is like, oh, let let them play. Let's let's toss it to them. It's like, oh. we're down by one. We're we trying to win or what? <laughs> yeah. To them, and oh, they drop it? Okay, turnover. Uh, I just, I, I know, it sounds gross, I'm sure, <laughs> to, oh, yeah. to some of the I just, I can't deal with that. It's like either you're good and you want to play or, you know, you're not. And if you're not, then don't play and go work out instead of just making everyone else have to lower their uh, level of competition. So what I do, I, I didn't like what my new thing is now, whenever there's a squadron event and it's like sport day or some shit, I always ask the team that I'm paired up with, are we trying to win or just play? And they're like, <laughs> and you get a vibe right away. If someone's like, uh, and then you're like, oh, this guy's just trying to play. And then cause that's a difference. If you're like, oh, we're going to try to win. I'm going to go fucking all we're going to we're going to win this game. You know what I mean? Or I'm going to break yeah. my knee trying to win this game. And then we'll yeah. go from there. But if people are like, oh, no, we're just having fun. I'm like, all right, well, I'll I'll dial it back. And it's funny because uh you were saying like if it's if it's just hula hoops and it's competitive so whenever i went home uh for fourth of july weekend and whenever we play sports with mason because he's nine now he just turned nine and he's big he's tall he's he plays sports Six foot tall. yeah he's a monster so like we have a good Fucking dynamic the three, the three the two uncles and matt the dad we have a good dynamic so matt teaches him how to play the sport right like oh we want to play basketball matt teaches him the fundamentals how to play the game you know like and and we'll play with him like one-on-one but like matt matt like lets him win a little bit but he's teaching him how to play the game andrew is the scapegoat andrew like lets mason win lets mason try all the new moves and like doesn't play hard against him you know makes get the confidence going uncle mike comes home and i don't (laughs) let him win i don't i'll let him win after like 20 minutes of beating his ass and then i'll start sarge is in town (laughs) yeah and so i was home over fourth of july and uh we were we were playing pool baseball and mason says i don't want to play with uncle mike because he takes it too serious and everyone's like come on like and i'm like what do you want me to do like i'm not gonna let him win because he's never gonna learn how to get better because he does learn how it's not like i'm beating him down he doesn't want to play the game anymore like i i i tell him i'm like you're gonna face people that are bigger than you stronger than you and you kind of have to compete harder and you might lose but it's going to teach you how to be better and like he does learn like when we played basketball i swatted the first he went up for a layup and i swatted the thing (laughs) as hard as i could and then after that he was hesitant to go for a layup but then he realized he could pump fake or like shoot from at the outside because he knew i was near the paint so i'm like he's learning how to do it better so like yeah i try too hard when it's competitive but i don't mind dialing it back if i need to especially when it's a nine-year-old you know but like yeah i take i take if it's anything competitive i'm going to take it to the next level because i hate losing just inside of you no but yeah the thing about the uh just like a generation of people and i hate sounding like that guy but pretty much anyone that's like 
under 25 has that kind of like, oh, we're going to lose, so I'm not going to play hard. Or like, they just don't want to play hard to begin with. It's like they just don't do it. Like, there's no... That's, that's the thing, though. That's that's where my level of frustration kicks in because I can understand, like, fully be polite and sympathetic, especially if someone just is willing to play, wants to play, they're just not very good. I'm fine with that. You know? Totally am fine with that. It's just when people don't want to even be there, it's the requirement piece of the military. But we're having mandatory on PT today. That's what I can't stand. Yeah, they hit us with the, uh, we did like a 5K and the one kid was running next to me and I'm like, he runs apparently, apparently not enough. And it was like a, your whole team had to cross the finish line to win, to like your score would count. So like you kind of had to run with your group. And I did that for the first like mile. And then I'm like, all right, well, you guys are fucking walking at this point. I'm going to work out still. Like, I'm still getting my workout in. I don't care if we win or lose at this point. I'm just going to run. And ended up, like, finishing, like, third overall. But my team came in last because I was paired with all the... Because I got it Not to toot my own horn or anything, but I got a 95 on my PT test. So, like, I'm the PT guy now. I'm not a PTL, but I'm, like, the PT guy. So, like, whenever they, whenever there's, like, a running event or, like, pretty much any kind of running event that involves running, they are like, oh, Sergeant Donahue can go do it. And I'm like, I hate running. Like, I'm not even good at it. I'm, I'm in the 35 and over bracket. It's not that hard to get a 95. Like, <laughs> like but they, we have to, they, what do you have always, to do to get a 95? Hold on, let's, let's clear the air. Let's clear the air here. What do you have to do push-ups wise? Let's get vulnerable. What do you have to do? What'd you do on your PT on your push-ups? Oh, so so push-ups and sit-ups. I've been I get I do sixty and sixty every. I've been doing that since like day one. Though that's a it's always the run that that jerks me off. So like you're the run guy. Yeah, but I'm not I'm not like a. So this one was actually my fastest time other than BMT. I was actually hauling ass this time. Like I would have got a ninety and above if it was like the twenty five and under bracket. I got a twelve fourteen run time. I was moving. And we have a track that's three laps instead of six. So, like, it's big, but it makes it feel like you're running. I feel like I'm running better. It's only three laps. It's not that hard. So, I feel like I'm... Man, big man was high-stepping it. Yeah. And, like, I was running... I go running, like, three times a week. So, like, this time I was moving. But the minimum score for, like, a 35 and over, just to pass, is, like... I think it's, like, 32 push-ups and, like, 36 sit-ups and, like, a 16.45 run time. Just to get a 75. You think, you think they should make those requirements tougher you think they should make them easier or do you think they're at a pretty good metric um i like that they made them easier i feel like there should be more incentive if you get a better score instead of just like one comp day you should get like i feel like getting a above a 95 should be more rewarding or getting above a 90 should be more rewarding than just being like oh we gave you a one comp day because family maybe it should like failing three times but like you get above a 95 they're like oh cool and you get a comp day and it's like all right well it's not really maybe you should go into like your evaluation more because i know obviously you ha- if you have a failure pt failure that certainly does that can hinder your um career in terms of career progression and growth and yeah it's like that you too but like- but there's not really a, other than that there's not an incentive to to doing well i guess your incentive is like hey you won't get in trouble which I guess is fine. Yeah. Like that's the, yeah, like, Oh, so you passed. 
you didn't get in trouble. Like, that's great. And then you do really good on it. And then like, oh, well, now you're going to be like a PTL. It's like, I didn't ask to be a PTL. Like, I just, you know, like I just did my, I did what I'm supposed to do. So I feel like there should be more of an incentive for getting a good score, not more work. Like it should just be, you don't have to go to PT anymore. Because usually that's kind of what it is. Like my squadron has that. Like they're like, oh, you got above a 95. You don't have to go to PT. But then they're like, oh, we're doing a running class. Like you're going to run it, right? I'm like, no. And they're like, why not? You're a good runner. I'm like, yeah, like I don't want to do that. Like it should just be like, leave me alone at completely. I don't know. But the yeah. standard thing is wild because they lowered it. And then COVID happened or they lowered it during COVID while no one was working out anyway. All the gyms were closed and then everyone came back and failed. And they're looking at it as if that had nothing to do with it. They're like, oh, well, they should still be. That's why we have all these failures. And it's like COVID didn't help, but we weren't the best shape in the best shape anyway as a force overall. Like we were still the fat people. Like we're the fat branch, you know, like we're, our uniforms are fucking tight. And like, you know what I mean? Like we're always getting made fun of because we don't work out. Bro, chair force. Let me blow your mind. I work in a Space Force unit. Okay. Space Force has no... PT standards or requirements or anything like that. These guys we haven't done PT since COVID was a thing. Unless it's like individuals who are, you know, like yourself who work out on their own time because it's a hobby and your physical fitness is important to you. But the individuals who, you know, you kind of have to hold their hand and make them accountable, which isn't really making them accountable, by the way. That's being accountable for them. Doing PT sessions in the military is basically just because you know there's going to be those individuals who, unless you make them do it, they're not going to do it. Um, but yeah, the Space Force, they haven't made anybody work out. And like I said, there's a, there's a handful of them who do go to the gym on a regular basis just because they would, even if they weren't serving or wearing the uniform. Dude, I would love to see the statistics and the percentages on how many of them legitimately have not gone on a run done a push-up anything since january of 2020 when all of this stuff really started kicking I mean, I off imagine it's pretty high like so the space force you're not actually in the space force though right you're just at a space force like base and like unit. yeah yeah, yeah i'm just you, i'm attached to just doesn't the space force use like the trackers don't they have like the fitness trackers or some shit or is that just no that they're they're talking about it. It's in the works, but I mean, I can attest it's been in the works for like two years now. But I think they're beta testing them, or they just got through beta testing them. So maybe there was a few individuals who had them. But I mean, you know, you got to get those things cleared to wear into skiffs and yeah, it's a whole Bluetooth it was rings at one point too. They were talking about yeah, wearing rings. rings. Obviously, there's a situation. um, They had that here or at McGuire where I'm stationed. They had that. You can if you go to fat camp, they make you wear it. Um, Or if you're in like a nutrition program or something like they make you wear it. And someone got in trouble. I don't know. One of the first sergeants said it like the first sergeants were, you know, they, they meet up and they have their own little meetings and stuff. But our first sergeant said that. One of the, pe- one of the pr- people got in trouble because they took the fit thing, they said they were going for a run, and then they just drove in their car at like five miles an hour to track a run. So like, there's ways around beating this thing. It's, <laughs> it's not that hard. And like, people are always going to figure that kind of thing out when like, they have to be doing something. They're forced to do something. They're going to they're figure out ways around it. Everyone does it. Like, we get forced to go to PT and all this stuff, and they're like, yeah, uh, 
I have a I have an appointment or I have to go to dental or I'm not on a profile, but I plan on being on a profile. So can I not work today? And it's like, yeah, I guess, but like you're gonna end up failing and then round and around we go where you're just we're just playing by your rules at that point. Like I give I don't know about you. I don't know how you, if like what you do at your job, but like I'm in charge of my office. Like I'm in charge of the airmen. So like there's a master sergeant and then there's a tech and then it's me and then all the airmen. And I'm in charge of the airmen like day to day. Like if they have an appointment, if they want to leave, if they go to lunch, like they have to let me know. So I told them my policy is they can come in late in the morning if they work out or they can take a two hour lunch if they work out. They can't just take a two hour lunch because they want to take a two hour lunch. So I give them ample time to work out. So then the dude that's against it, who's my supervisor, the tech sergeant above me, he fails his PT test. And I was like, well, it's not like I didn't give you any time. And like, you're my supervisor, so you can literally do whatever you want. I'm like, but this is why I give everyone ample time to work out whenever they they can go in the morning and come in an hour late, or they can take a two hour lunch. Cause I don't want to hear the excuse of, I don't have time to do it. It's like, yo, I'm giving you time in the day during the day to do this. Like, there's no reason for you to fail. And then yeah. you can't get mad at me and be like, well, my supervisor didn't give me any time or this and that. Like, no, nope, I gave you plenty of time. I gave you in the morning so you can't say it's hot. And I gave you lunch, a two-hour lunch so you can shower or cool off or go get something to eat afterwards. Like, you know what I mean? I gave you all this time because I hate the it's excuse pretty, of I have time to do it. And I get it. Like, you have a family, so you can say it like, you, you don't have time. You have to go home to your family and take care of shit. And I get it. Like, I'm a single guy, so I don't have to worry about it. I can work out whenever. Like it's easier for me. So to counteract that, yeah, I give them time during the work day to go do it. It's awesome. I mean, yeah, that's super lenient. I wish, I wish that was standard. I know in the army, we were in South Carolina. There was a few army individuals and, you know, we would go to the gym and work out even like on our days off and they would all be in there in uniform every day, asking them around like, well, y'all do PT every day. And told us that it was part of it was built into their their eight hour work day yeah so i mean that's that's awesome i think if you're going to have a standard like that even just like three days a week where one hour is built into your schedule instead of like you having to do it on your own is re- is really cool it, but then again it goes back to the only if only if it's people who are you know competent enough to do it and not just walk around and be there just to be there sort of thing yeah like the ones that just like fill up space like and i get it like i like the first time i went into a gym i had no idea what i was doing like thank god for my brother and like i would just watch people in the gym and just learn what they do and like be like oh i want to do that too and like you do something and you're like oh that worked i'm sore now so that must have done something and then you kind of just like make your own routine from there so like i get the part a good of, point like, i don't want to go to the gym because i don't know what i'm doing it's like all right i can help or i can give you because like that's all people don't like that either like oh i don't want you to follow me around the gym plus i don't want to have to do that either you know, but like, yeah. I'd rather see you succeed no, than not. So I'm going to take point. time out to do it myself, or I can send you a video and like a YouTube video or something and show you how to do it that way. But I'm not going to. weights can be like intimidating. I, so I, maybe, maybe I should retract my statement because I was introduced to it at a very young age. So I don't, I can't see how, I couldn't see, I guess, prior to you saying that, how someone can just go in there and just walk around because that happens. So often, um, but I guess you're. Right. I guess I guess maybe the gym is can be in, intimidating. Yeah, especially if like you walk in there and there's like a fucking meathead that's just like throwing three fifteen around like it's nothing, and then you're barely bench pressing the bar. Like you know what I mean? Like you're just like oh, I feel like a pussy, and it's like yeah. 
you know, it's it, it, it can be. I can see why someone wouldn't want to go through that. Or if they're just fat. Like that's the there's a couple people I work with now that are chubby on the chubbier side of two hundred pounds and they like they get like self-conscious about it. I'm like, I get it. Like it sucks. But at the same time, like you think people are looking at you, but they're really not. And especially on an Air Force base, like nobody wants to get in trouble because they were making fun of somebody in the gym. You know how much trouble you would get into if you got caught doing that? Like it's on like how sensitive the military is now and especially how sensitive the, the Air Force is. If someone reported you for laughing at somebody in the gym, you would be, your career would be over. I could see that. Yeah. Yeah. There are some people, though, you know, have been kind of like ragging on it as a whole. Um, but there are some, some individuals who are just unearthly strong. Oh, yeah. In the military. There's some freak athletes that you would be like, there's already that preset uh, opinion out there. You know, chair force and everyone in the military or everyone in the Air Force, at least, is nerd, really good at computers, but not really big athletes. And though that stigma probably does have some truth to it um it just attracts individuals who you know i guess are more into cyber things whereas like army and marines is mostly hands-on work which is nothing wrong with that but that being said i've seen some individuals in the air force that are just all around ballers like absolute freaks like why are you not playing ball somewhere like how are you deadlifting 500 pounds for for reps right now like just monsters man i mean even like who are at the end of their career when we were in south carolina remember there was a few like senior ncos like hendrix um even griba they would go to the gym and just just crossfit like every day they would do like two hours of crossfit workouts and you're like what the fuck man Like, like that's that's i will tip my cap and say like Though there is as as much as you can even imagine, there is so many frustrators in the military. There is also silver lining. There is also some people who are just downright impressive, for lack of a better word. Yeah, like there's some freaks, and you're like, damn, you wh- why'd you join the Air Force? Like you, you, like, you remember Ruben? Yeah, that dude was a. But the thing, like, but like, I don't think Ruben. But you got to think though. So he grew up in like the South, which is like breeding these athletes. You know what I mean? So he probably wasn't that good of an athlete. He grew up in Sumter, Sumter, South Carolina. And you know who else grew up in Sumter was fucking John Morant. You know what I mean? So like Ruben is playing up against <laughs> yeah. John Morant, and like comparatively, like John Morant's a shitload better than Ruben. So Ruben probably never thought he was that good because he was probably playing yeah. against people that were bigger and. Or at least the same size as he was, but to me and you, I'm like, this dude's an athlete, and like he was athletic. Zion Williamson is Zion Williams, Williamson, Zion, yeah, Williamson. He's also from there too. Yeah, like it's just Ray like, Allen. It's just yeah, like, you're yeah. right, man. Like because I remember when uh, John Morant was at an intramural game one time. He didn't play, but he was there because we let. I think it was 2021. It was after COVID. I oh, know it was right before COVID. It was 2020, like January, because I was in ALS, and they let. And inter- they let a town, like a yeah, like a town team play in the base league, which I thought was a terrible idea. But it was like a base outre- outreach thing, and uh, that's cool. The fucking they cooked, they cooked every Air Force team, and I was like, yeah, what'd you expect? And like, I didn't know, no one knew who John Morant was at the time. Like everyone, I didn't know at least until he was in the NBA, yeah. and I was like, that's who that was because he was sitting on the sideline not playing, and I, I saw the hair and everything, and I was like, and someone said like, oh, that's John Morant, and I'm like, I don't know who the fuck that is. Like we're getting our ass kicked by like 40 you know like <laughs> like 
It's not even That's a crazy. team, and this dude's not even playing. Like, oh, he's going to go to the NBA. And I'm like, ah, whatever. And then when I saw him in the NBA, I'm like, oh, I, not that I know him, but I'm like, oh, that guy lived in Sumter. And then like, yeah, he went to right. Cherryvale. Like, he lived right down the road from Shaw. And it's like, yeah, so Ruben was a freak athlete to me and you, and he was a freak athlete. But then you got to realize, like, he's playing in these towns where, like, this is all, this is like their ticket out is being an athlete. So they just fucking play nonstop. And yeah, because Sumter was a shithole. Like, let's be honest, that place was a dump. Yeah, it was. That place was awful. I, I, when I moved to New Jersey, they were like, "Oh yeah, there's nothing close to base. That's like, that's nice. You have to live like 45 minutes away." And I'm like, "Yeah, okay. Like, how bad could it be?" And then I move into this neighborhood that I live in now, and they're like, "Oh, that's the worst part. You could have moved into. Like, this, this is like, it's not the best, but it's <laughs> way better than South Carolina." I'm like, "I don't have to worry about my car getting stolen. Like, I don't have to worry about like <laughs> shit like that happening. I don't worry gunshots at the movie theater. Like, yeah, there's some hood rat shit that goes on." But I go to the bar down the road and I see all the people that live in my neighborhood and they're like, yeah, we had some shady people over, but we kicked them out and there was a fight. You know what I mean? Like they, you see these people every day because it's a small town. It's like a small little community I live in. And I'm like, yeah, it's not bad. It's just bad things happen. But it's not like Sumter where like bad things always happen and the cops don't do anything about it. Like when there's speeders or like we had um, two weeks ago, the cops put notifications on everyone's door saying, um, what are the stupid things they steal off of cars? Um, catalytic the rims? Catalytic converters. Oh, so that's right. Yeah. So I'm like, all right, I live on a dead end. I have one neighbor and I'm on the inside. So like nothing comes down. Like I'm, I'm lonely down here, basically. So I'm like, I don't even have to worry about it. But I set the cameras up to check the driveway and everything. And then you see more cops out at night. Like cops are around. When my car got stolen in Sumter, for comparison, the cop said to me, oh, we don't go to that side of town. Because I had it on my phone. I had my GPS on my phone. I'm like, my car is four miles away. And he's like, we don't go over there. I'm like, what do you mean you don't go over there? He's like, yeah, we just don't go in that neighborhood. So I was like, so who the hell is going to get my car? back he's like you can go over there he's like and call us when you get it i was like are you serious like this is a brand new car i got it in july this was like september that same year i was like are you you kidding and he's like no i'm serious he's like call us when you get when you see it you have to call us and we'll come we'll send people i'm like all right so we drive over there i see the car parked behind like an abandoned house and this neighborhood was was sketchy as shit this was like um It's like eight mile kind of like people sitting out on the front porch, just drinking like nothing's going like people just around. Yeah. Like there's nothing. (laughs) There's nothing going on. And I'm like, this is a sketchy neighborhood. I'm not hanging out here. And I called the cops and they sent like 12 officers in. And then they were like, you can you have to come in with us to get the car out. We can't drive your car for insurance reasons. I'm like, all right. So I walk out like an idiot. I'm wearing gym clothes because I was going to go to the gym. And I'm like, I asked the cop next to me. He's escorting me into this weird neighborhood. I'm like, am I going to get shot? And he's like, he's like, probably not. I was like, well, (laughs) I would like to know that ahead of time because I'm not wearing a vest like you are. So am I like, I'm safe, right? He goes, you should be good. They don't really mess with cops. I was like, oh, that's good. So I go look at my car and like they turned it upside down. But basically they just emptied out the glove compartment. There's no money or anything important in there. So I'm like, are we going to like, you know, like I'm standing like, and I'm not asking anything weird. I'm like, so we're going to catch these people. And they're like, nope. (laughs) And I was like, what do you mean? No. And like, no, we don't have the resources to investigate it. So unless you know who it is, we're not going to find them. I was like, no chance. This is a real story. I swear to God. And I was like, this has got to be a joke. And they're like, no, but here's a, like, they gave me like this workup and they're like, nothing (laughs) seems to be missing, but you have to bring it in to Ford 
to get it inspected because it got stolen and they have to check everything to make sure nothing's missing from the engine. Like they might've stole something off the engine. So like get it inspected and all this stuff. So I'm like, so I'm supposed to just park my car back in the parking lot and hope it doesn't get stolen again. And they're like, pretty much. I was like, this has got to be it. Like, I thought that I, was, I, th- I thought I was getting punked at this point. I'm like, this has got to be a joke, right? And they're like, no, this, we just don't invest. We don't have the budget to investigate this kind of stuff. I'm like, but you can't like wow. park a car at like, you know, you can't do anything. And they're like, no, we don't, we don't have the budget. I was like, all right. So I guess we're just living in the wild west. I was like, <laughs> I think try that in a small town. Oh yeah. Give me a break. <laughs> I mean, try that. You know, yeah, I had to go. Someone messed. So this lady, I'll, I'll pull it up now. Um, so obviously, I mean, realistically though, I'm just thinking someone tried to do that. At least where I was from, they just like stole a car. Yeah, you're. I don't know. I don't know what would happen. It, well, you almost shot your brother once, right? <laughs> uh, it was my. It was my cousin. <laughs> yeah. 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 He he was playing a trick on us, and uh, we lived. I grew up out in the middle of nowhere, and. He came and pounded on my door really hard. Me and my brother were home alone, and uh, we were in high school. He was probably like a freshman at the time. I think I was like a senior. And uh, I'm talking like he pounded on that door like Donkey Kong, and it immediately like scared the crap out of me. Like no one would do that in their right mind. And we had just been duck hunting that morning, so my gun was like easily accessible. It was right there in my room. And, uh, yeah, he busted through the door thinking it was going to be a joke, like with something over his face. And I, I pulled my gun right out on him, like inches from his face, not knowing who it was. Crazy. Yeah, that's, uh, that's different. But I mean, you got, <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, like, it's just, that's, that's, that's how it is in other places. He, he lived. Yeah. He lived. He's fine. It's like the, um, there was one day I came home from work early because I went to, it was night shift or some shit. And I remember, and you, that was when you won those shotguns. You like won shotguns from some shit. And they're like, they were right on the couch. Like they were just out in the open. And like guns don't freak me out. But I'm like, I was like, you should probably put those away. But whatever. <laughs> like It is what it is. Like It's fine. And I remember I went to work. It was a night shift. I went to work and I got there and they're like, oh, you're not on the, sh- you're not on, you're not supposed to be here tonight. So you can go back home. And I remember I, te- I had, I remember I texted you like, hey, I'm coming back home. Don't shoot me. Because like I was like, he's probably, <laughs> here's the door. He hears me leave. And then here's the door open again 20 minutes later. He's going to think it's a <laughs> So I'm like, please don't shoot me. It's just me coming back home. And you're like, all right, thanks. And I was like, that would have sucked if I wasn't that smart to just text you. Like, hey, I'm coming home. And you just bought these new shotguns. You. Yeah, but I mean, you just bought these new shotguns. Like, you're itching to use them. <laughs> like. And you're like, hey, well, someone's breaking in. Time to let's go. Like, let's 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 do no. this. And all of a sudden, it's just start, just start bucking. I'm not gonna let you have that. No, can't let you have that. I do remember coming in to our small apartment, decked out, had camo from head to toe, face was all painted, and I'm had my gun and I brought in a a freshly killed turkey I had just shot. Threw that thing in the kitchen sink and just kept it moving. I think it was a squirrel. Let's not. It's not exaggerated here. I think you killed a squirrel. It was a squirrel. You're not that good of a hunter. It was a turkey. <laughs> oh yeah, you did it's, kill a turkey. That's right. <laughs> it's it's on my wall right here. Yeah, you do. You did kill a turkey. That's right. <laughs> I killed a turkey. A squirrel. We tried to make. A... You did kill a squirrel and you kept it in the freezer for a while. <laughs> yeah, that's a thing. That's a thing we do in small towns, I guess. Because I remember my mom saw a picture, some maybe FaceTime or something. She saw the guns in the background. She was freaking out. And I was like, that's just how he lives, Ma. It's fine. It's not a big deal. 
She thought we were just like playing with guns. Like, it's <laughs> like no. I was like, it's fine. It's not a big deal. He just leaves his guns out sometimes. And then she's like, that's the worst thing he could do. All this and that. And I was like, it's fine. It's it, they're not loaded. I don't I don't think they're loaded. But oh, I don't really. Mess you know, with them I was I was pretty. Uh, I was different back then. Now being a father, being a little bit older, wiser, I probably should have had them stored away, stowed away somewhere safer. But. I mean, yeah, hopefully there's no guns around that Keelan can just pick up whenever he wants. And, and you guys no. live now. So you guys don't even. So he's not even like well, maybe Keelan is because he's a little older and he lived in Texas already. But like he's not like yeah. used to having guns around. Right. Because like, you can't no, have them in California no. or definitely not on base. You can actually. There's there's a lot more regulations than than people would think. Um, we don't. We choose not to just because of the kids. Um, and we live on a military base. Right. Like yeah. if I were to be in a situation where crime was running rampant and i needed to you know feel some sort of security in an effort to protect my my children my family then yes we would have them and absolutely take every measure imaginable just to ensure that nothing happened but yeah you can have them but it's interesting like you said that that kind of makes me think about uh one of the cool things about the military is like i am like not even the same person and you're definitely not the same person that I knew just a few years ago. You get shaped into this individual by the end of it that's just, you take little pieces, like you were saying earlier, good and bad, and it kind of molds you into who you become. And yeah, I, I don't know. It's interesting. We should catch up face to face sometime. It'd be really interesting to see the changes um, yeah. that, we've, that we've both had over the years. Like, I don't even know if you can remember. And your accent, I can tell you firsthand, whenever I first spoke to you in Mississippi was just outrageous. Like, this dude's, <laughs> that's not real. Yeah. That's that, that's not how people talk. Like, you, you wrote down a name. It's Patchog. And I know that yeah. from knowing you. You're like, say this word. I was like, Patchogui? Patchogui? Yeah. But even then, dude, you couldn't understand me. No, I couldn't understand videos. a word you said. And you don't even speak fast. Yeah. For, you're not like a... Like a like a hillbilly where like they're like dun, 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 dun. like it's not like that like you you talk pretty slow and i still had no idea what you were saying half the time i'm like i don't know yeah. what you just said you gotta speak normal and you're like no you gotta <laughs> speak normal and it's just back <laughs> yeah. and forth like dude i don't know what you're talking about and you're like talking you know, coffee and i was like all right whatever man <laughs> like <laughs> you remember we went through like this thing for like five months where we would grab a pen finish my sentence what would we do with it you just write down a word and say pronounce that or say that right okay yeah but i, I was more or less going for the thing where we we would like grab a pen and then we would like act but we i still would, do that <laughs> <laughs> we would act like we were going to throw it at each other yeah. just to see the reaction of like the, you, you the other person it's coming like you could let it go and you, so you still have to pay attention <laughs> so like <laughs> I do that shit to my brothers. I do it to people at work still. Like that's that's like a common I still do that shit. It's I mean it's just a funny yeah, yeah. it's funny enough to not be like that annoying, <laughs> but it's annoying enough to be like, yo, you gotta stop doing that. It's obnoxious. And then you're like, all right, here, take it, and you do it again, and then you do it again, and then you do it again. Like, <laughs> but we never stopped. We it went never. On all day. It was <laughs> and then like the one time you Some throw people it. could do it like once, twice, and it's like, ah, <laughs> that was that was funny, and then that's over but no dude we would do that god like all day long i mean yeah it's just that and like that that's like the uh especially working in like a 
when you work in a skiff or just at work. I, I don't know if it's I don't know if it's like that in like civilian jobs. I don't think it is because I never worked in an office in a civilian world. But like keeping busy and like you just fuck or, like people just fuck around at work and you find <laughs> these things to like keep you occupied. And it's like little shit like that where like every day it's the same thing, but like it keeps you occupied and like you just laugh at it. And when you try to explain it to somebody, like people that just heard that are like, that's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> like that's gonna be like they're like that's dumb. Like why would they just do that? But like it's I think it's fucking funny. Like I think that's hilarious. Yeah. Like I, I still fuck with people like that every time i go to throw something to somebody i always do like six seven <laughs> fakes before i actually end up doing it i do it, my, I do it yeah. all the time i mean the some of the, the memories i can think about where i look back and i can think of moments where my my stomach was just hurting because i was laughing so hard was in those tech school weather rooms where like you said we're all just there trying to do what we can we're, we just raised our hand to serve this country don't really know what we're doing it's intimidating, it's scary, you're lonely, you're going through all of these individual personal trials and tribulations. And like you said, what do you do just to try to like bring some humanity into it? You just latch onto these stupid little quirks and things like that. Dude, the bird puns that we would do. Oh yeah, my gosh. Probably, the whole, the probably weren't even bird funny. puns. It was every, for an entire day, we just <laughs> made bird puns. And the, the Staff Sergeant Marine, who was just a hard ass, was, did not think it was funny in the slightest. And we just kept doing it over and over again. <laughs> <laughs> like he didn't think it was funny not even a chuckle nothing he didn't think it was funny at all and we just kept oh making bird puns over and over again did not he didn't think it was because he was such like a strict dickhead but he was cool but like he had to put that like marine that marine like persona on so yeah. he didn't think he had to act like it wasn't fun i'm pretty sure he thought it was funny but for like the two hours we did it straight that whole morning he just did and then we did it after, after <laughs> lunch and he was like nope we're gonna stop that we're not doing that anymore that's 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 past us he got a, he he ripped me that one time because he thought i was making fun of little yeah remember i don't even remember what i said but i said something to little and we had some great banter back and forth amongst ourselves like he definitely didn't take it in any sort of offensiveness. It was just... I think because his last name was Little. Like, Little's last name was Little. And then I think when you said Little, and then you said something else, and it sounded like you said, like, Little Bitch or something like... You know what I mean? I think he tied that to something. Like, he thought you were calling him, like, a Little... Who knows? But, like, yeah, he snapped that one day at you. He, you and that other... Remember that moron? Uh, the tall oh, my God. I knew you were going to get up. Um, what the hell? He asked me. He said... He said that he had a missile, like, in his office. He had a missile. And I said, no, he had a bazooka behind I, his desk. I, I said, no, you don't. No, you don't. He was, he was weird. Oh, he was my like, yeah, gosh. I do. And you're like, go and prove it. And he's like, you're talking to an NCO. You're talking to an instructor. I'm an NCO. You can't talk to me like that. And it was like, bro, I thought we were joking around. And he's like, this is so yeah. disrespectful. And he, like, left and got the instructor supervisor. <laughs> and then yeah, the I thought, was I like, thought legitimately I was going to be, like, washed out. I thought, like well guess i'm getting sent home yeah and the instructor supervisor was like so what happened and we were like uh this guy overreacted like it really wasn't that serious like it wasn't like a challenge he didn't like challenge him to a fight he just said like you don't have a bazooka like prove it and like this guy just freaked out and then he's like it wasn't like a no you don't it was like a i have a bazooka behind my desk no you don't like 
Get out of here. No That's way. I mean. It was like, and it was like in the, in, in the context of it, like for him not to read the room, like we were clearly <laughs> all joking around and he just said he had a bazooka behind his desk. Like, you know what I mean? Like that's an outrageous thing to say. And then for someone, for someone to just say like, no, you don't like, <laughs> that's a normal response. It wasn't like you were like, shut up, you fucking right. like that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> it was the yeah, reaction so, that and then we got the, was I remember crazy. the IS, like, asking us questions about it. And we were like, dude, I think he just overreacted. And then remember he told us that same guy was like, I run a 5k every morning and I bench press 275. I'm in better shape than yeah. everybody. And it was like, no one X'd, man. Like no one, no one X'd your, uh, your bona fides here. And I'm pretty sure that's not true. Remember he had like pictures on his Facebook, like him drinking in uniform on his front porch and shit. Yeah. He was like the guy who wears tactical gear to paintball, like yeah, decked he out. Like, he brings his gun to military grade Oakley's. Yeah, like, like okay, mowing the lawn. I don't think you need bulletproof Oakleys on to mow the lawn. Right, exactly. <laughs> you know, like you spent three hundred dollars to mow the lawn with bulletproof glasses on. I don't think that's necessary, dude. We get it. You're in the military. Shouldn't, shouldn't have questioned the fact that he did, in fact, have a bazooka behind his desk. And I can attest, after the fact, he like whimperedly cowered around, came back in after the instructor must have like told him like, "Hey, dude, you need to chill. You overreacted." Must not have been the first time because. He came up to me like a dog licking his wounds and was like, I, I just, I, I would love to show you, uh, I actually do have a, a bazooka. And sure as shit, he did. He had a bazooka. And I walked around the corner and was like, cool. What do you want me to say? You just ruined my whole day. Yeah, like, the day is ruined, man. Like, you really, you know what I mean? Like, you ruined the entire vibe of the class. And then I remember, like, yeah. the, the, it was our next. It was our next instructor. I don't think it was the Marine Staff Sergeant yet. There was a someone told us like he was put on block four because I was like block four. We did the maps and shit. Like they put people in those blocks, like the drawing blocks, because like they're incompetent at their job. So they put them in like the easy <laughs> ones. And like drawing a map is like the easiest thing in the world. So like they put like the, the incompetent instructors, and it's like oh that kind of makes sense why that guy was there because he's fucking dunce. Dude, there was one guy civilian and he told us a story about when the hurricane had come through that area he like had to get an axe and chop a hole in his roof so that he could escape the storm oh um i seen him uh when i was at keesler for when i got retrained i saw him i shook his hand and everything he remembered me and you i don't know if he just said yeah i remember you guys but he remembered he remembered me that's awesome yeah well, what was his name uh i know he would he bring looked in like, he looked like the military like he looked he had like the yeah yeah like he looked like a veteran like white dude goatee very strict like plaid shirt tucked in um his wife would always make um macaroons macarons i don't know he brought them in every day he brought in macaroons like like good ones i'm pretty sure they were store-bought but whatever pistachio Um, yeah those were good yeah he always brought those in what the hell was his name? But I saw my Keesler uh, when I was there. I see he was getting gas and I was coming out of the gas station. I was like, we like locked eyes. And I'm like, I know who you are. And then yeah. he's like, the yeah. macaroon guy. Yeah. I was like, you, that's what I said. I was like, you're the macaroon guy, right? Like you, I was like, you taught, I was like remember Thomason? And I was like, we were in, um, the Marine was our instructor. He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, you had a, he's like, you went to, you guys both went to Shaw, right? And I was like, yep. And that was us. And he's like, oh yeah, I remember you guys. And that was that. And That's I was crazy. like, all right, see you later. Okay, right, bye. bye. <laughs> Isn't that so military? Yeah. So weird. Yeah, the military. We just had a friend over here. They just, we, we met him like four months ago. Same family dynamic style type ages for kids and things like that. Hobbies, interests, all that sort of thing. Really awesome people. They just PCS'd today. It's like, uh, that, well, that was that was cool. That was while they were here. <laughs> yeah, crazy. They they ended up living on the same base, like just one neighborhood away, where it's inconvenient. Like the roads don't intertwine, 
Yeah. There's like a, a layer of houses basically separating ours, but they were like literally less than 200 yards away from our house the whole time, three years. Damn. And you guys just never met, never like crossed paths at all. Till a couple months ago, and they ended up being like really awesome, cool people. And then, yeah, they, they left today. Ah, uh, that sucks. Military is crazy, man. <laughs> it's it, but like, it's like, um, it's just like a, you, you're used to it though. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you're just like, oh yeah, we get, you make friends and you, you leave your friends every two or three years. Yeah. You just say hi and, and you're like, but like, so I don't know if this is like when you go home, right? Or like, or anywhere really that's away from the base. Like when you meet somebody in the military, you guys like, or it could be a girl, whoever, like whoever you talk to, they're like, oh, I was in the mil, I'm, I'm in the military. And you're like, oh, what branch? Like, oh, Marines or whatever they say. Like you, you like kind of have a connection right away. Right. But bro, I'm going to tell you a creepy, a creepy story whenever you're done on this same subject, but go ahead. Finish Whenever I go home, every time I meet somebody that's in the military, like that, I don't know it's in the military. Like it's just like a random we got the bar or something and like they see my cack and they're like oh you're in the military i'm like yeah i'm in the air force and like oh i'm in whatever the army and i'm like oh sweet man and then like we talk for like 10 15 minutes and then we probably won't speak again the rest of the night but yeah people that see it on the outside are like so you guys like are you guys gonna like hang out and it's like no we just we're, you know, we're both in the military and it's like a common i i described it to like i described to people it's like right away you have like that 50 percent like trust in that person like i don't trust him enough to watch my kids or anything i wouldn't trust him to hold my wallet for the night but if something went down i know right away i can probably rely on that person to have any kind of sense of some like what to do just because they're in the military yeah. like it's like right away there's 100 there's like a trust right there and they're like that's kind 100%. of weird like it's a stranger i'm like yeah but i meet strangers all the time and you're just you're forced to either work with them or deal with them for however long you could be it could be a new person in your building or just someone you're dealing with that day that's coming over to fix something like a ce person i was like but you deal with it and you understand like they're doing the same thing we're all working towards the same mission you know we're all wearing the same uniform or a similar uniform we both took the oath and all this stuff so like right away you have that trust like this person is doing something that i'm doing as well we might not like each other or anything but we have this kind of connection right away and then yeah. It's like, see you later. I'll never talk to that person again. And people are like, that's kind of weird. I'm like, not really. Like, you can't explain it unless you're in it. And when people see it, they're right. like, that's weird how you guys just became best friends. But you're like, you're never going to speak to him again. I'm like, yeah, I'm not going to be best friends with him. But I know if I see him or if he sees me on the side of the road, like he's going to stop and be like, hey, you need help or vice versa. You know what I mean? Like you already have it, it just it levels up to, in my book, at least it levels up that person to be like, he's going to help somebody if they need it because he's yeah he's volunteered to do that already yeah and you never know when you're going to run into them again like your situation with the dude in the gas station like hey i know you from this time yeah that was a great time okay bye (laughs) maybe i'll see you again down my path of life you know maybe i won't but i like you and and i had a great time and that's it people some people are just in your life for a season you hear that all the time i think in the military military definitely definitely embodies that wholeheartedly like these people that we just met like they were awesome there's a really high likelihood that i'll never see them again but they were really cool <laughs> yeah. people yeah you might be and i'll probably talk Facebook. about them yeah yeah but dude like you were saying being able to pick up on on things and having some sort of similarities with other individuals who are in the military even if you've never met them before just having sharing that one common denominator of you both serving can make you have like a little bit of a connection and um, my wife went to a bar a few months ago. Yeah, grandparents flew out here and, you know, very rarely do we get to go date each other. Um, 
without the kids. Yeah. They flew out here, and me and the wife went on a, an overnight date, so we went bar hopping. We were at this bar, um, and this guy with his wife was sitting just a few paces away from us at the bar as well. And I looked at him, and I could hear him talking as I was ordering my beer, and he ordered his beer. And I looked at Emily, and I said, that dude was in the military. And she said, how do you know? And I said, I don't know. And I know that's a weird thing to say, but he was in the military. I know he was. And she said, there's there's no way. I said, you want me to ask him? So the server brought our beers back at the same time, and we both said thanks. And I asked him, I said, hey, were you in the military? Sure shit. He was in the military. He said he served in the Air Force. This was like 10 years ago. He served in the Air Force uh, for, I think he said, four and a half years. But I was like, dude, that's so crazy. I don't, he said, why do you ask? And I was like, I don't know. I just, I saw you and something in my head was like, yeah, he was in, he was in the military. Some yeah. sort of like thing that we have. I don't know if it's a personality trait or a, an aura, if you will. Someone's got to get some crystals out. Tell it. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. Like, I don't know what it is, but like, you can pick up on it. And when I heard that when I was like first in the military, like, oh, it, you can tell, like, we can tell that you're in the military because you guys stick out. And it's like, yeah, I'm tall. I stick out normally. And they're like, no, it's just, it, it's going to rub off. It's, it's going to, you give off like an energy that you're in the military. And then, like you said, like, you just, you knew this dude was without yeah. ever knowing it, like, really knowing it. And then you asked, and he was like, oh, yeah, I was. And it's like, even further, even further, it was weird because, like, we were both. Things that I was noticing after the fact, after like days after just, you know, talking with Emily about the event, like we would see them at this bar and then I see y'all later, never see you again. And at another bar on the same strip, we might see them again. And I would say, hey, and he'd say, hey, we'd shake hands and walk away. Guess what? I don't even know his name. No idea. But we had an interaction like probably 10 different times. But the creepy part about it after the fact that we really started thinking about was there was a few bars where there's a big like dance area yeah and for whatever reason i i would find myself like up against the wall and i'd look over and there he would be like on the other side of the room but up against like the same wall or like we would be outside at a different bar at a different area and i would be like leaned up on a fence and he would be leaned up on the same fence and i would see him and i'd be like oh my gosh like there's something about us that um connects us like we're all living like the same life here. It's really crazy. Yeah. No. I, you, ha- you have your third, uh, your third person, third guest coming on. Yeah. Second guest on the podcast. Hey, sweetie. Yeah, I saw. Um, I don't know if it's so. Like, I don't know what, when it when I became. I guess it's because I PCS'd in and I have a room full of airmen that all look up to me besides like one senior airman that's been in longer than I have. But like they rely on me for like knowledge and shit. And I'm it's at first I was like, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. You know, like I've never been in charge. I've always been the lowest ranking. Oh, there she is. Hey, hi. Hi, Emerson. So <laughs> the um yeah, I, at, at Shaw, I was always the lowest ranking person. Even when I was with the MQ9s, like I was always, even when I made staff, I was still the lowest ranking person. So I never had any kind of responsibility. And then I get here and they're like, oh yeah, you're in charge of these eight people. And I'm like, what do you mean by in charge of? And they're like, well, six of them are your troops and the other four work in this office and you're in charge of the whole office. And I'm like, all right, I have no idea what that, what I'm supposed to do with that information, but I'm going to, I'm going to do whatever I need to do. And then they started asking me questions and I'm like, um, and you can't, I can't look like I don't know the answer because they, they're supposed to look up to me. So like, um, I'm really good at being yeah. like of not knowing, but 
not telling them I'm not sure. Or like, like when they were like, when they told us we were getting deployed, right? And I'm like, oh yeah, let's do it. And they're all looking to me like I've been deployed. I'm like, I've never been deployed either. But I can't like tell them, A, I definitely can't tell them like I'm nervous or anything. And like B, I have to actually act like I know what I'm doing because they're going to be looking to me to be like, what are we supposed to do? And then I have to like, but it's also like now I just not like if I need something done, I'm not scared at all to just knock on someone's door or call over them like, hey, sir, I need this done today. You know, you can just be asking people to do things or telling people like, hey, I need you to sign this. Like we were saying at the beginning, man. Yeah. You just got to accomplish it. You just got to get it done. Yeah. And like, it came, it definitely came with the territory of like, these people are relying on me now and I'm supposed to know all the answers because I'm a technical sergeant. So I'm supposed to be technically accurate and all this stuff. And then they can't see me like do anything wrong. And so like, I don't know, it just comes like a weird, it comes like a weird, like, um, it's like a fake it till you make it basically is what's going on now. (laughs) There's a lot of things I'm faking, but at the same time, they're like, They look at me like, oh, you made staff, so you must know all the answers to the staff test. And I'm like, I was like, I guess. I was like, I don't really know what I'm doing. No, it's fine. Let it let it rip. She's 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 gonna tell you she wants to watch Peppa Pig. I mean Peppa Pig's a good show. Peppa Pig you like Peppa Pig? What about Bluey? Did you watch Bluey? No, we don't watch Bluey. I feel like that's banned in your house, right? No, she she dude, she's not a TV baby. Oh, that's that's good. Yeah, she's she's definitely not a TV baby. It it's a blessing and a curse. Oh yeah, dude! Bet. You got your, you got, you got your third <laughs> member of the podcast crew here. This is what it's like, man. I mean, I've been gone for like what have we been talking for like an hour? One sixteen. Oh, we've been talking longer than that, but we've been recording for one sixteen. Yeah. And everybody, what time is it like, over there now? It's like what six forty-five. Oh yeah, we're <clears> in the middle of the afternoon. Yeah. It's like late afternoon. Yeah. Everybody's like, "What? Where is that?" <laughs> He's talking to his old buddy. <laughs> yeah. This is still going. All right, You're so be able to, like, monster syndrome, out. right? So, yeah, when it comes to like the tech, definitely the technical aspect of my uh, of my day, like I don't know what I'm doing with my job. Like, there's nothing I have to do daily. Like the, the airmen have to do things every day. They got to run scans. They got to mitigate. They got to do all like this security stuff. And I'm just there to make sure they do it. So whenever they ask me like a technical question. Now they've kind of learned that I don't know the answer. Like they just kind of, they kind of just get it now. Like, oh, he just Sergeant Donnie's not going to know the answer to that. You can so go get it. I can go find out. Yeah, like I know yeah, where to look fine. for it. But like, they know not to ask me technical shit. So like in that aspect, yeah, imposter syndrome's big. But now I'm getting the hang of it. Like I know what we're supposed to do and yeah. who's supposed to do it. So like, if something didn't get done, I'll know who didn't do it and like why they didn't do it. So yeah, in that. But when it comes down to like the like the air force stuff like air force knowledge like i know a lot more than i thought i knew especially when they ask me a question and i'm like it's a situation i've never been in like i obviously don't have a family so i have no idea how the efmp works like the the special cases of having kids with like handicaps and shit and this kid one of my one of my airmen he has two kids or one kid is efmp so he asked about that and i was like oh yeah i know and like for some reason it's just it, like i just blurted out the answer to it and i was like why would i even know the answer to that you know like i've never had an airman that's dealt with it but i know where you need to go to do that and like get that all sorted out and i'm like where that when did i learn that 
you know, like when that's not on a test, that's nothing you, you should deal with unless you're in that situation. But I'm like, I don't know when I learned that, but so there's a lot of stuff I've, I know, but I don't realize I know it until yeah. they ask. And then even if they ask and I don't know, I, I still pretend like I know. And then I find the answer out. Like in my big, I right. love the best part about my job is making a phone call to get something accomplished. That's like, I love when someone's like, I'm waiting for the commander to sign this. And it's been like two days. I'm like, hold on. And I call over <laughs> and I, I, that's like, it's like my favorite thing to do. Cause it's just, cause it's like an A1C working at the desk. And I'm like, I'm like, Hey, you busy? And they're like, no, I'm like, all right, good. You got to get the commander to sign this today. And they're like, okay. I'm like, do you understand? And they're like, yes. I'm like, okay. And I hang up the phone <laughs> and like five minutes goes by and then it's in their inbox signed. I'm like, yeah, got them. But like, for some reason, I haven't, like, I haven't quite nailed that down yet. I don't think I'm, I don't think I'm the intimidating NCO they can like go bust on doors and people are going to do what I say. I mean, I certainly will go bust on doors. Um, but yeah, no, I think you have the stature, you know, you've got the yeah. The people, do the people listening even know how, how big you are? This dude is huge guys. He's a big guy. Yo. So, uh, I got to send you a picture. It's a, it's a bed. Cause it, they took it with a wide. they turned the camera sideways. So I look way like wider than I should look, but the the people I work with are like children compared to me. Like <laughs> the heaviest kid in my in our office is like one fifty. Like they're tiny. They're so much. <laughs> That's I, like your left leg. I tower over these people. Like it's crazy. because they're just like you know the youngest kid is like twenty one. He just turned twenty one and he looks like he's 13 years old. And like the one kid that's yeah. like 27, he's been in the Air Force for like 10 years. If he doesn't make staff this year, they're kicking him out. But he um he looks like he I think he's I think he's 104 pounds. Like he's a tiny little fucking and like uh, they're like, they're just intimidated by me and my size. Like so the one yeah, kid yeah. he's trying to get out of he's trying to skill bridge, but he's been in the dorms for like 4 years cuz he's kind of a fuck up and it's a whole thing. Senior airman big senior airman energy going around like this kid doesn't care at all and uh but he's cool (laughs) so he had to get the the shirt to sign something and or he needed the shirt for an answer so i'm like call the shirt phone calls the shirt phone doesn't answer i'm like all right let's go take a walk over there because the css is like two buildings down so i'm like let's go walk over there and knock on some doors so we walk in and our shirt's like a meathead like this dude is first of all he's a master sergeant with a diamond he's only been in for 11 years i don't know how he managed that but he's a prince cooking he wears eyeliner. He's a pretty boy, like a full on, like really like I, I, everyone thinks he's, he's got his own, um, <laughs> he's, uh, his own health skincare routine. Yeah. He's, he's a little on the, uh, curious side. And, uh, so I don't, I don't like him because I don't trust. I, I always thought that, that first sergeants should be like very wise wisdom. They should carry around like 18 years of air force knowledge, not 11. And you clearly kissed ass to get this far type of energy, but he clearly kissed ass to get where he is. Cause he's a yes man. And he's, he like yells at people. He's very like dickish. So, and he's, sh- but he's short though. That's his problem. <laughs> so like, I'm like, yeah, let's go knock on his door. You know, I knock on the door. Yeah. He's like, he's like, Oh, come in. I was like, I was like, Hey shirt, he needs some help with his skill bridging. And he's like, you couldn't have called. And I was like, I did. You didn't answer. And I'm just <laughs> staring at him. And then he gets up and he's like, what do you need? He starts talking and he wouldn't, he kept talking <laughs> over me. He wouldn't let me talk. Like, he wouldn't let me speak, but I'm standing next to him. And I just kept inching closer. You remember that? Remember when we, uh, what book was that? We read that book and it was like, you have to stand, like stand up tall when you're in a room full of people. It like intimidates them. I started doing that, that was, shit to him. Uh, 
I started like leaning my shoulders back and just like walking closer to him, like puffing my chest out. And I'm like, no one, I don't think anyone noticed it, but he definitely like cowered a little bit after that. He's like, oh yeah, yeah. And he like went back and sat behind his desk. He got like a little, he got a little shook. And I was telling the one, I was telling my office, I was like, it helps to be bigger than people. Even if rank is, they outrank me, it just helps because they're going to talk to me different. They're not going to be disrespectful. They're going to, they're going to check it because they know that I can fucking, I can body them if I really needed to. So they're going to change their tone a little bit when they speak to me. I was like, that's why I like confronting people to get things done because they don't, they change their tone real quick when it's not on teams. Jordan Peterson, 12 rules of, that's what it was. Jordan Peterson, 12 rules of life. And it was like, you have to puff your chest up and stand yeah, tall and intimidates everybody around you. You have to be like the alpha and shit. So Good book. Oh, yeah. A little controversial. Obviously worked. Did your shirt have a bazooka behind his desk? Nah, he has all those awards out on his desk. Dude's weird. Oh, God. He has a uh, fitness podcast, I think. He's, he's definitely... Uh... He's definitely like Levito winner and yeah, oh yeah. When he, I mean, you know, you in process, you have to like meet with the commander, you have to meet with yes, yell, you have to meet with everybody. I never met with him, and he, he just wasn't. I, I I called him, he didn't answer, and I was like, all right, fuck it. I don't like, you know what I mean? Like I was like, I don't really want to. And then when I did end up talking to him, he's like, how long have you been in? He's like, how old are you? I'm like 35. He's like, how long have you been in? And I was like, I don't know, like six years. He's like, oh. I was like, what about you? You're a master sergeant, you know? Like, what are you going on? Like, 15, 16? He's like, 11. I was like, and you're a shirt? Like a diamond. He's got, not like a temporary shirt. And I was like, yeah. And then he's like, he's like, yeah, just working hard, you know, sticking to it. And I was like, what'd you do? And then like, what was your normal job? He's like, crew chief. And I was like, oh, this guy kissed ass to get out of his career field. Like, that was my first thought. I was like, oh, he didn't want to do that. He kissed his ass. He kissed his way out of that one. Hey, I can respect it, though. I can respect oh, yeah. the hustle. Oh, yeah. I got Playing oh, the game, man. He knows what he's doing. Like he, so his thing is like not even regs. It's just like humiliating people is like his thing. So like he'll call you out for like having your PT shirt untucked, stuff like that, or like your socks are too high in your PT uniform, stuff like that. He gets you for. So like I wear like a knee, um, like a leg uh, sleeve on my right leg when I had surgery on. And like, I don't know if it's in regs or not. I don't really give a shit. He asked me if I had a profile for that. And I was like, no. And he's like, well, it's not part of the uniform. And I like looked around and I'm like, yeah, but really? And he's like, just making sure you know. So I'm like, all right. I went back to my car and put the PT pants on. And he's like, that's more like it. I was like, all right, man. What? Like, you know what I mean? Like, just like, why does that even bother you? Sh- you're, you're lucky I'm here. You know what I mean? You're lucky I showed up to PT today. And you bust my balls about a leg, a black leg. It doesn't, it wasn't like it had like yeah. KKK on it or something wild. Like it just, the black leg sleeve that I wear. And I'm like, well, I had knee That's surgery. Rough, He's like, do you have a profile? I'm like, no. Why would I have a profile? I'm like, it was three years ago. He's like, oh, you shouldn't, you, it's, it's not in the uniform. I was like, all right, man. Like, this is what you worried about. That's how he got where he is, man. That's how he got where he's at. He came, he came in. What? I told him, I locked the door, actually. I said, we're having a meeting. He came, I, he, because we have cameras at the front door. So he uh, he has to ring to get in. He doesn't have uh, permission to just walk in. So he rang and I went to the window and I'm like, oh, we're having a staff meeting right now. And he's like, oh, I'm just here to check on something. And I was like, all right, we'll be done in 15 minutes. And then he, walked, <laughs> he just walked away from the window and shut the door. And then he just left. I saw him on the camera. Like, he like looked around and then he looked at his phone. And he went back to his car and left. And I was like, I don't want this guy coming in. And what he was doing was going office to office. And he had a ruler in his hands. He was measuring men's hair length. That's what his, that's what his mission was that day. 
was to measure hair length. I was like, see, that's why I didn't let him in. I was like, because he wasn't doing anything important. I was like, you know, he wasn't doing anything. I knew he was there to bust someone's balls. Like, I just had that feeling. Like, why else would he be here? And sure enough, he was there just to measure hair length. He had a fucking ruler in his pocket. It's crazy. But these people, that's how they get ahead. That's what the Air Force does, man. You got to kiss ass. And I tell my airmen this too. I was like, I fucking hate it. I was like, and you can look at me. I'm not the image guy. Like, I don't care how it looks, but I know who's looking when I do something. Just, I'm aware of who's watching me. I was like, so you'll never see me. Was there anybody around? Yeah, I was like, you'll never see me. Is there anybody around? Like me? No, no. Whenever whenever the first sergeant was like telling you things like... the, the sleeves not in regs or oh, yeah, like there was checking people and like, they knew what they they know that they knew that i was like the new guy and that he was like trying to test like he was like uh setting the tone you know like they knew and like after the fact like that's what he does like if he if he if you're the new person or if he hasn't seen you in a while like he does stuff like that to like let you know that he's in charge and it's like that's I just not, thought I, I meant like w- the commander and stuff like that. Usually, oh uh, yeah, the commander was there. He heard it. They all they loved it. Yeah, yeah. But our commander's chill as fuck. He's not. He hates. He talks about the shirt in a way that's kind of disrespectful. Most dinner time. Whatever. I'm cool with whatever. Sorry. <laughs> no, I was watching your hand motions. I was like, he's definitely getting to eat something right now. Um, <laughs> but no, he's a... Um, our commander, is, he's laid back as all, as all. He's he's a lieutenant colonel, obviously. Nice dude. He's like... I get. He tells me that... He tells he told me during our like one-on-one meeting, he got in trouble for... We had an inspection, and like the base commander was like, none of your people are in regs. None of your people like stand up when I walk in, like all this stuff. And he goes, yeah, but they're really good at their jobs, right? And he's like really big on just do your job. I don't really give a shit how you do it. As long as it gets done and you're not overtly rude, I don't really care. Like He's like, I'm not going to... And he, he calls out the shirt without saying the shirt's name. He'll be like, some people in the Air Force like to enforce weird rules and go around and police people but that's not my philosophy and like it's weird because the shirt's like standing next to him like nodding his head and it's like dude he's talking about you (laughs) it's clear as day and like my my section chief he's retiring he says that he goes our shirt's a fucking dumbass he's like i hate that guy he's the worst person he goes he comes around and he he makes me go to pt he goes where were you he goes we're the same rank he goes i outrank him by about eight years he goes he he called me at 6 30 in the morning and asked me why i wasn't at pt he goes i told him because i'm retiring and hung up the phone he's like i hate that guy he's like no one listens to him he's like it's we just have to deal with him because he's our shirt (laughs) that must be a terrible reputation that's crazy man yeah I don't know. I'm baffled. I'm, I'm, I'm literally baffled. I mean, it's, it's just what... So I tell... That's what I was saying. I was like, you'll never see... I tell my airman, I'm like, you'll never see me in my uniform doing any kind of dance, standing up on a table. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I'm, you, if, you, if I'm in my uniform and I'm outside of the office, like, it's... I'm going to my car and going... Like, you know, I'm not dicking around because you never know who's looking. I was like... And that's the whole thing. I was like, I don't... I'm not one of these, like, image people that you have to kiss ass to get ahead. I'm like, but you got to know who's yeah. watching you at certain times. I was like, so that's why, like, making sure your uniform looks good on you. Making sure your hair is in regs. I'm like, because all it takes is one person to... to point it out and it's going to just ruin your reputation you're going to be that guy that had the outer regs hair or that guy that had his shirt untucked at pt like it's 
and then it just stays with you for way longer than it should. I was like, so image is everything. Although I don't, I don't agree. That's the way it should be. That's just how it is. I was like, so make sure you guys are respectful and you use the yes, sir, no, sir, all that stuff. Even though you could be as, as comfortable as you want with the person and they're cool, you never know who else is listening to you at the time. And that person can have a huge sway in something that you don't even know about. And they're like, oh, it's stupid. I'm like, it is dumb. I was like, I'm telling you it's dumb, but it's just how it is, man. It's a game. It's a game. I was like, people Play the game. Happily throw you under the bus too to get ahead, especially in, like they they'll happily do it to, to, to save themselves and to just get ahead. They'll push you in front of the bus. So that could be a, that could be another military Monday topic is uh, the evaluation system. What, baby? Let your brother help you. He's very capable. There you go. She it's funny because she uh she knows he he's capable of doing it and he can do it but she doesn't want to ask him to, <laughs> to help yeah. um, um but that could be another military monday segment is the evaluation system if you think about it it breeds competition and competition in the workplace isn't always the healthiest thing i don't i don't think especially competition amongst your peers to progress uh like for like for instance, you and me, if we were in the same shop, both being tech sergeants, trying to be masters, right? Yeah. I wouldn't be willing to stoop down to the level to like uh, keep you from getting it. Uh, but at the end of the day, let's say we didn't have this relationship that we have. We're just two coworkers who just met. We both know only one of us is going to be able to be master sergeant. Do you yeah. think that we're going to be friends? Not no. Oh. Like it, we would be like, I'd have to stand out friends. from you. Yeah, we would. We would be like very nice to each other, so we didn't come off like we hate each other or like we didn't like each other. But yeah, like if there was one slot and it was between me and you, like, and we didn't know each other the way we know each other, like, yeah, I'm gonna step over you. Like, yeah, I want that. Pro- I want to make more money. I want to be the senior NCO. You know, like it's just that's just what it yeah. is. Oh, you got a 95 on your PT test. I got a 99. Yeah, now it's I have just, to do the 96. Or I, I have to do something else that stands out just as much as the 95 does. Like, I have to beat you at something work-related then to, to get ahead. And it's like, I get it, but now you're putting people against each other that are supposed exactly. to work together. And it's like, it doesn't to really... To my point, it's, it's, not, it's not healthy, I don't think, uh, having peer competition. Because at the end of the day, the only thing it's breeding is an unhealthy... Uh, hope for demise of the other individual yeah um the the btz thing when i first got here that was my first hurdle of being a nco was i had to i had three airmen all going for b the only three in the squadron going for btz i had to write their packages and three of them were my troops and i was like i just met you guys like i don't know who like you know and (laughs) so they were all friends Two of them obviously didn't get it, and the one girl got BTZ, and she clearly was like light years ahead. She's older. She's she has like a master's degree. She's going. To, she's trying to put an OTS package in. She raises her hand for everything. She's always on time. You know, she's just a really good. And these other two were great workers, but they like they just didn't. There's nothing you can do. Like, Meet up gonna, to that. Yeah, she was light years ahead of, of them, and it's not their fault. Like they're both. One was twenty. The other one's twenty-two. Like you, you can't have a master's degree at twenty. You know, it's 
So like, there's nothing they could have done to to win other than trying and then failing, and then they get upset. Like I tried and I did all this stuff, and I still didn't make it. And it's like, no, I understand it, but someone should have told you like you don't really have a shot. You know, like yeah, they should have been yeah. honest with you, being like you're not gonna get it. And so like you don't really need to try that much because all that shit you just did not gonna matter because you don't have an epr until you're a senior hermit like you know what i mean like it's not gonna matter for two years what you just did so like it's all of those that's those kids first taste at um that's they're, they're gonna have a realization that like oh her doing good and her volunteering and separating herself doing those things that's bad for me yeah you know it's yeah. it's unfortunate instead of just being able to but the thing, the other part of that too is I can diss on it all day, right? But I don't have a solution. I, I can't. I've thought about this before. I don't think I can't think of anything um, to replace it. No. So, like, it doesn't. I like it works. It just doesn't. The, like the negative side of it, I think, is a lot worse than the positive. Like one person gets BTZ, but the seven people that tried are all miserable now and you have to give them like the speech to be like well keep doing what you're doing and all this and that but like deep down like you i already know them They're, like this the one kid he's just he hasn't volunteered for anything since like he just doesn't care anymore and i'm like i don't blame him i and like if yeah. i was here before the whole btz process started because i came in and it was like these three are going for it and the packages are due in a month like it was i had like no say in like their mentoring i guess yeah I would have told him, like, you don't need to go for this. Like, you know, like, yeah. just be, you don't have to let, if someone's telling you to go for an award, like, you can just say, no, I don't want to go for the award and just do your job and go home. I was like, but they forced you to do all this extra stuff and then it didn't work. And now you're resenting everything and you hate the person that won, even though you guys work together and she clearly deserved it. But now there's tension between you guys Yeah. and now you're miserable. And it's like... I would have told you from the start, like, don't even try. And I, was, I tell them all the time, I was like, I'm, I'm, I don't volunteer for anything that I don't want to do. Like, I've never volunteered for something outside of the workday. I'll volunteer for, like, additional duties if they're like, hey, we have these two additional duties and we need you to pick one that you want to do. I'll pick, I'll do that. But I'm not going to, like, go clean the gate, you know? Like, and I was like, I made staff in three and a half years. I made tech in seven years. Like... You can get ahead and not volunteer for stuff. I was like, it's not that hard. I'm like, it comes down to yeah. just doing your job really well and looking like the Air Force. Like, just make, don't get into trouble, basically, is what it is. Like, just don't do anything stupid. I was like, and just know yeah. who's, who's around and play the game. Like, you know, kiss a little ass, but not overtly. Just. Yeah. I think, I don't even know if it, if I would say kissing ass because I don't feel like I've ever kissed ass i don't feel like you've ever kissed ass there's just certain things you can do to separate yourself others may call it kissing ass where you just are professional like it's like if i was to work at any corporation google amazon bing yeah and the equivalent to a squadron commander were to come in i would act the same way that i do which is friendly uh personable you get into like the whole like lovable like big time personality i mean kissing the commander yeah. at the christmas party <laughs> on the forehead yeah see i don't i don't see all of those sorts of things as like kissing ass i see that as like just being a likable person and that in my own take goes equally as far as you know what they would say probably further 
than kissing ass. Just being a good person, being a likable person. So all you listeners out there who are young Air Force enlisted airmen trying to get ahead, you've heard it here first. Here's two examples. Early tech sergeants in their career who definitely endorse playing the game. But what that means isn't, you know, being schemy. It just means take care of your business, do the right thing, especially when people are watching, obviously. Do do good at your job. Playing the game, I think, just means making sure no one has to tell you things like go get a haircut. Yeah. Um, that's yeah, that's a good one. Like just make sure you're always presentable like be on time make sure you look good in your uniform and yes sir don't no have to tell you to shave that's it don't have to tell you to shave or that, that, it's really like those three things are i tell i legit tell my airman that i'm like if you do those three things every time you you can never really be in that much trouble like yeah show up on time look the part make sure you're in regs there you go there he is hey keenlin is it time hey. buddy oh. hey. <laughs> yeah it's almost dinner time you're a stinker <laughs> all right so we can we can wrap this up i'm gonna give you the old all right man i'm gonna give you the question right, of the day oh, okay so question of the day you guys up. might have to help me answer can you help me i'll make it make sure it's nothing <laughs> make sure it's not <laughs> <laughs> yeah can we keep it at least yeah <laughs> <laughs> you should you should ask you should ask them one yeah, they should have a the question question of the day that a fifth grader would answer. He's going to ask you a question. You have to answer it, okay? Okay, let's put this down for just a second. But when you talk, you have to talk loud. I mean, that's like not a... It's, I mean, it's just a random question, but I mean, we're going to change that one. That's a weird one. It's like, what are the three states of matter? Like, no. Like, uh, what are the... Th- oh, you should... What? I wonder if Keelan would know that one. What is it? Keelan. Do you know what the... What are the three states, three states of matter? Is, what are the three states of matter? Matter? What's matter? <laughs> What's the matter with you? <laughs> ah, nailed him. Got him. What is matter? Matter. It's like solid, liquid, and gas. Matter? Mm-hmm. He wants to... You want him to tell you something? Hold on. I got a good question. Hey, I'm going to put the, I'm gonna put the, uh, the old ears on Emerson. All right. Ask her a question about Peppa Pig. <laughs> Can I ask you a question? You gotta talk hey, loud. Emerson. What's your favorite part about Peppa Pig? Mm, singing the song. Singing songs. What's What's Peppa Pig's favorite song to sing? Mm. How does she sound when she sings? Can you sing for me? It's muddy puddles. It's muddy puddles. <laughs> All right, muddy puddles. All right. When's your birthday, Emerson? May 19. <laughs> there you go. All right, Kay's got the for, Kay's got the ears. Here you go, Keelan. I got a question for you. You ready? Yeah. If you found a wallet on the playground filled with money, what would you do with it and why? Keep it. Keep it. <laughs> yeah. What if it's full of like two hundred dollars? You'd keep it still? Yeah. That's a lot of money. You wouldn't give it back? No. I would probably keep it too, though. Let's be honest. I would. If it was more than like twenty dollars, I'd definitely keep it. <laughs> What yeah, if you found it and it had a thousand dollars in it? Who wants to see my best? <laughs> definitely keep it. <laughs> All right, that's a good answer. Yeah, I mean, I, I think I would probably keep it too. Masters. I'd give the wallet. I'd keep the money and give the wallet back. That's how you do it. You take the money out, you keep it. It's, it's oh, that's smart. <laughs> it's 
I, we couldn't hear anything that you I asked, asked him. him. I could just I hear his answer. If you found a wallet on the playground filled with money, what would you do with it and why? He said, I'd keep it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm raising gangsters over here, dude. What if it was $200? He goes, yeah, I'm keeping it. I was like, what if it was 1000 I'd definitely keep it. Hold, hold on, baby. Hold on. Hold on. Dude, that's so funny. Even, even if you knew you could give it back to someone... <laughs> I was like, yeah, I would take the money. I was like, I, I was like, if it were me, I would take the money out and give the wallet back. He goes, that's a smart move. I was like, All right, this kid gets, this kid gets it. It's a smart move. Hey, at least he's being real. Yeah, he's keeping it real. I typed in what here. What's an ethical question for a fifth grader? And that was the question that came up. If you found a wallet on the playground filled with money, what would you do with it and why? Go inside for just a second, baby. I'll be, I'm almost done. He's just gonna ask me one question, and then we're coming inside. Hear me? Yep. Should answer. All right. How about this one? If you could save... If, all right, here. Ready? Yeah. If you could save the lives of five people by causing one to die, would you do so? Would you do so? Why or why not? Can you ask it one more time? If you could save the lives of five people by causing one person to die, would you do so? Why or why not? Yes. Kill yes, one. I would. And yeah, I think it's just... <laughs> It's like democracy, right? Like it's for the greater good. Um, yeah, I think I think I would. That's a tough. That's a tough question. There's so many caveats. Do I know these people? Are they totally random strangers in the world where somebody clicks a button and like one person has to die? I'm guessing so it's random people. people but if so, say if this was like a serious question, like, and you answered it, and then I was like, "Well, congratulations, you just killed your mom," you know, and then you're like, "Oh, well, I wouldn't." Yeah. Do that. And like now, I wouldn't do it, but it's like at the time you don't know. So I'm, I'm assuming you don't know until but you know. Take that further. If this was like obviously, if this was serious, my mother had to know that like, hey, you died so that five people could live. I think that she might <laughs> would. <laughs> understand but i certainly wouldn't yeah i'd have to know who the, who the person dying is like yeah, as selfish as that is i mean i guess you don't that's the whole thing he's like you don't know who you're gonna kill until you wow know. that's a that's a terrible question that's making me like rethink my uh my <laughs> level of sanity i mean yeah because like you don't know and then say you click the button you're like oh, i'll kill one person and then like i mean emily kills over next to you and that's it like <laughs> but god like, yeah five no. people got saved you know take it back i take it back yeah i uh actually had to do some some questions in order to you know i tried to i tried to be a seer specialist prior to being a weather guy yeah and that's a whole nother you know world we could pour into but one of the personality tests that i had to take was exhausting and it was like almost 200 questions uh of basically similar stated questions that you just asked me where there's no right answer absolutely no right answer and they're awful like oh my god i don't want to even think about having to choose between killing someone or not but i mean these questions were just elaborate like yeah your mom your father two strangers are burning in a house you can only save one who do you pick it's like what how do i answer that that's yeah they always look for like answers like i'd let them all burn because you're gonna you're gonna mourn them all equally like that's the kind of shit they want you to say (laughs) 
you have to like say an answer that they don't think of and then because it's like you're thinking outside yeah. of the box that's what they that's what some of those questions are trying to get you to say like like oh like on that because that's the trolley question like would you kill five people to save one or whatever or kill one person to save five let's, it's like I let's, would, let's I turn would it on you train. like i would try to stop the train and it's like all right well that's not the it's not the point of it but so yeah what, what would you do oh yeah one person's definitely gonna die someone's got a big red button in front of you you have three seconds to make your choice. If you hit the button, one person dies in the world, but five are saved, whatever that means. Five get to live. That's the thing. Like, are they going to live and like do shit? Or like, they're just going to, like, are they going to secure cancer? Or like, are they going to live right. and just live in their mom's basement for, like, you know what I mean? Exactly. Or, are they going to be losers? Or like, do they know I saved them? Like, that's, like, do they know I saved them and I could have just. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, Save them from what? Terminal cancer? Yeah, like, or it's like, oh, I saved them, but they end up getting a car accident two days later, and it didn't matter. So now two people are dead. Like, <laughs> so now my mom yeah. died, and this guy got into a car accident. <laughs> and now I feel Man, really, really made a wrong decision there. Yeah. So I mean, I would definitely Holy just kill one person and the five would live but yeah it would suck if it was someone close to me obviously but i would look at it like i saved five people well actually i guess you're saving four because one you know the the, yeah. the plus minus there is four is yeah you know you're trading i'd rather have four of anything than one i would trade one for four on any day any day of the week right that's 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 why i answered so quickly it's like well five people living is better than just one person yeah. living Imagine they ask you that question, like you're getting your like you're you're in you're getting like reinvestigated for like your clearance and the guy asks you that question, you're like, Oh, I'd kill the one person. They're like the five. And they're like, Congratulations, you just killed the president. You don't get it your clearance. And it's like, <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> like I didn't know like you know what I mean? They're like, Congrats, you just ruined yeah. your clearance. And it's like I, I didn't know that was part of the game. Right. Exactly. <laughs> like those five people just flew into the towers. Good job. And you're like, come on, man. Like, that's, I think, that's I think the big scenario. thing is like, <laughs> oh I feel like the crazy part of that is like saved them. That's, that's what really stumps my brain. Saved them. Like, does that mean like all, all there's six people at gunpoint, one over here to the side and then five others. And then probably, yeah. If you can if either, if you say no, they, they all die or they all die. Maybe the one well, then there's only and the other five die. Oh, yeah. So it's either that's probably it. You can either it. it's the trolley. You ever see the, the you ever seen the meme of the trolley? That's, and it's like if you pull the lever, it, it veers off, but it kills one instead of with the five. That's it, man. That's yeah. it. You've, we've cracked it. We figured it. Our minds aren't morbid, so we it took us a while to get there. But you're right. So if there's five, a group of five on the left and one random person on the right, yeah, and you have to pick. One one group's getting eliminated. Like, obviously, I'm, one I'm gonna save not. more. Yeah. Like, I'm sorry, bro. Like, I'm not killing five people. What if they're like, okay, they switch it around. They're like, you're the. It was you. And then Would I saved five, save five people. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> okay. I mean, I guess. Would you do I, that? You have no. You're nothing. What are you gonna do? You already made. It's already over. Like, you already pushed the button. Like, like I guess. Like, it's like a slow death, though. They're like, all right, well, since you, since you did that, you scumbag. Now, <laughs> now you're going to have, like, fucking leukemia for, the, for 10 years. Like, <laughs> shitty disease you're going to slowly die from. You know my brother had leukemia. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. I didn't mind. I said that, and I was like, I think someone, I was like, I'm pretty sure his brother had cancer. I don't know. <laughs> my brother had cancer. He's good, though. 
Oh, that's good. He's just ugly. Yeah, he was probably like that before the leukemia, though. <laughs> Remember, when I made that joke to him about his girlfriend, and he flipped out because he didn't understand that I was just fucking with him. Oh my god! Oh, that's not what your girlfriend I said the other night. He was like, don't ever say that about my girlfriend again. And I was like, dude, relax. No, it's a joke. I, I totally forgot about that. That was like the first time I ever yeah. talked to him. That's why. And I know like you guys are like, you know, big Texans down yeah. there. You guys are very prideful people. I knew he was going to get pissed off, but he was like really upset. Don't ever talk about my girlfriend like that. Because they were getting married or some shit, right? They were going to, they were planning yeah. on it or something. No, that's not what your girlfriend yeah. told me the other night. That shit ain't Just funny. a funny thing to say. Yeah, Just like a it's fun, a joke. Yeah. All right. Well, like, uh, yeah. I'll let you go because you got dinner and shit. I'll uh, I'll edit this bitch down. Yeah, dude. But yeah, man, I appreciate awesome. you coming on. We'll uh, I'll stick this all together. It's gonna be like at least an hour. There wasn't that much downtime in here. We we actually spoke for the entire hour and like almost two hours. We were talking. So the silence the my videos, isn't gonna pick up too much silence. My video is not gonna be broadcast, is it? No. Okay, cool. Because I, I I didn't think about that for there was a while where my computer was like on its side and I was like. Flexing, trying to see my muscles. <laughs> Stupid. No, I mean, I can see you the whole time, but no, it's not going to be. It's only going to be God, a video of me. Okay, that's cool. That's so, cool. I'll uh, I'll send you the final clip before I post it, just so you can listen yeah, to it you, and make sure there's nothing you could, going uh, on there. Okay. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe uh, maybe edit out the part where you're talking about your your leadership's uh, the dude wearing oh, an eyeliner. Care. I don't care. I kick his ass. What's he going to do about it? You don't, you're not worried at all about like. I'm finding this and no, no. it wasn't like a like a, you you can't really get in, the way I, I mean i this is like i guess maybe naive to say but like what are they gonna do like i didn't say anything that was like i didn't say i was gonna go kill him or something or like it's just like yeah this guy's a, this guy's kind of i didn't say anything that's i just said i don't like him i don't know it's kind of weird like unbecoming i don't know i mean yeah i don't think you said anything crazy i just would like you were saying earlier you can make fun of somebody at the gym and fucking roast it Eh, I'm not worried about it. If it comes down to it, I'll cross that bridge when I get there. Trying to take a shot? No. Hey, I, I don't have any liquor in the house. I don't keep any. I don't keep any alcohol in the house. Who are you? I mean, I got my. I got a dog, man. I gotta be responsible. Where's my? Uh, where's my Donnie who's getting lost? If I drink by myself, that'd be a problem. Like, that's what pay. I was telling. I was like, pay. Don't give me money to drink because I'm gonna drink by myself. I'm gonna, gonna be bad news yeah so well, i appreciate you having me on dude it was it was fun i had a good yeah. time we'll definitely do it again yeah yeah for sure for yeah, sure man. this is this is my first ever experience with like any of it so it was it was interesting to see it the kids are gonna freaking love it we listen to your podcast in the car they're gonna love being able to like hear themselves hear nope yeah yeah they're gonna we're gonna eat that that up. You like my glasses? I just I put these on just to just to fuck with you. Nah, that's fine. I mean, I like I wear sunglasses when I'm doing it because my my eyes are yeah, I have a massive screen. That's why. So like, I'm that's always why, looking at different screens the whole time, and it's just it's like a confidence thing for me, I guess. I don't know. But yeah, dude, your setup's sick. I saw you. I haven't seen you the whole video. It's, it's been off, but I saw your setup for like two or three seconds. It's pretty sweet, dude. He's got like a whole room with like LEDs. lights and everything like. Yeah, they were like, they were it's like cool. six dollars for like hundred yards of it. It's just Donnie. Say hi. Okay, come on. You can tell him I said hi. He said he wants to talk to you. I didn't say that. <laughs> this is the voice right here. Hey, Emily. 
Not much, just making dinner. What are you making? Um, well, actually, it was Tyler's night to make dinner, but uh -huh. it's approximately 7.29, so this is what we're having. Just blame it on him. A platter of leftovers, including wing stop and fruit and sandwiches. That sounds good, though. Nothing wrong with that. I asked your son, I asked your son Keelan, if he found a wallet full of money on the playground, would he give it back? And he said no, he'd keep it because it's full of money. All right, so, <laughs> you know. Would your would your answer be any different at eight years oh, old? Oh no, I I told him I'd I'd keep take the money out and then give the wallet back and be like, hey, this is how I found it. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it I think I would probably. I would do the same. Isn't that funny? What? <laughs> Well, I'll let you guys go. Enjoy dinner. Wild noise, bro. Emerson, you want to hear him? You want to talk? She's already been doing this, bro. What is it? It's just Donnie. Pig. He's saying bye. You gotta put Peppa Pig on. Say bye, Donnie. Bye, Emerson. <laughs> Say enjoy your evening. <laughs> You're gonna tell him bye. Bye, Keelan. Nice talking to you, buddy, you little thief. He can hear you. Yeah, I can hear you. Bye, Donnie. Can wave. He can see you, too. Yeah, he can see you right there. He's on the other screen. His screen's off. I'll right, see you later, Keelan. You too. Hmm. All right, man. All right, man. I'll see you later. Enjoy dinner. All right. Yeah, take it easy, buddy. Okay, right. bye. Bye. <laughs> so, understandably so, Hoping everyone stayed along for that journey. Um, we didn't really follow one topic too long or tackle topics like one at a time. You know, it wasn't your conventional interview, I guess. But um, we will work on that. 